the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same game parlors to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today. Bet $100. Get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. Start your engines with Rod and Cody and get ready to gamble on the Daytona 500 this Sunday. I will let you know firsthand. I tailed them on the, what the heck is that freaking, the Clash of the Coliseum, whatever thing that they do in L.A. in that old-ass L.A. Coliseum and the race looks like it's a freaking toy car hot wheel track whatever they gave me a bet for that and it cashed 14 to 1 so listen to the nascar gambling podcast yes sir we are back with another edition of the nba gambling podcast on the sports gambling podcast network no me, no the voice, no the guy. It's me, really real, villain, real, Terrell Furman Jr. at your service. And it is a Wednesday in the association. We survived. We survived Valentine's Day yesterday for those who had a lot to do and for those who had nothing to do. We made it. And now it's time to collect cash on a Wednesday. Scott Studio Rice Show. Scott, where you go? Uh, nothing much. Uh, just looking forward to going through the... Wednesday card. Uh, what do you think of the Tuesday card? Because initially, the Celtics were benching their, their entire team, and the game actually turned out to be entertaining. I'm sure we'll talk about some takeaways from that game potentially in a little bit. But I thought the card was interesting. Uh, Chris Paul turned back the clock. He had 19 assists. I thought he was fantastic. Phoenix looks really good all of a sudden. So I can't say that I'm shocked that the KD trade kind of provided a spark, and Booker coming back, of course, a big deal. Phoenix looks really, really good, and KD hasn't played yet. So I feel like that's definitely a good sign for Phoenix moving Uh forward. Uh, Don't have any takeaways on the Toronto game or the Wizards game. Portland beat the Lakers, so they were celebrating for some reason. And the Clippers beat the compromised Warriors on a back-to-back, which uh, was it a comp? No, it wasn't a back-to-back. When did Golden State? It was a back-to-back. It was a back-to-back, and it was a compromised Warriors. It was both. It was because they they ended up beating the Wizards yesterday. That's what I thought. So I'm not surprised the Clippers won that one either. I'm surprised about how high scoring it was for both sides. But, yeah, Golden State, not very good. They're 29 and 29. They're 7 and 22 on the road. I've been saying for weeks that I don't think this team is good enough to really do much in the playoffs. I know Curry's still out, but the Warriors just don't have it. Like, I, I don't, people just keep expecting this team to wake up by playoff time and to figure it out. Are they a playing team? Like, uh, I, why, I don't think Golden State's I, that good. I, I, I mean, I don't have, I don't know why you're. This is the same thing that you said about Golden State last year in this point in the season. So, I mean, I really don't think that is – I just don't care about the regular season for some of these teams, like some of these improving veteran playoff teams. I really don't care about what they do in the regular season because I know that it's a different mode. Like a lot of those Cleveland Cavs teams with LeBron, uh, after that first year where they were like – looked like one of the best teams in the league, it was just like, all right, like he's cool not – running home field throughout the playoffs or doing whatever because he's confident what that team can do. Golden State, as uh, uh, what they say, they're the champs, so they champs no more. And, I mean, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt that 
playoff time, they'll put it together because this is the same thing that it looked like last year, like the exact same thing where Steph goes out, the Warriors are reeling, they've been losing, you know, basically for the duration of the entire year. But lo and behold, playoff time comes and they figure it out and go on a run. And right now, well, prior to the Kevin Durant trade, there wasn't really anybody that I was afraid yeah. of that I said, oh, they're running away with the West this year. Now it's really, really hard for me not to say Phoenix is running away with the West. We'll see what they look like when everybody comes back. But yeah, I have I, I don't have any take on the Warriors. I just think that this February basketball for them doesn't matter. I, I just feel like even though if we want to compare it to last season, though, even if Golden State didn't get the one seed, they still went 53 and 29. The reason why I bring it up is because the Warriors already have 29 losses and there's 24 games left. That's why I bring it up. I get the argument is this team has been there before. They're battle tested. They can win on the road. They don't need the one seed. Once I mean, again, they're at 500. This team isn't good. But look at the West. They're at 500 and they're where in the West? Oh, uh, I've got to remember where they are now because you can you can jump three spots in like two. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That. Like we, um, we just talked about how they're nine. Uh, they're in the play-in right now. They're nine. Yeah, so they're nine, and they're one and a half games back from six. Like I, I don't know. I just think that it's too early to jump the gun on them. For one, them to be without their best player. Two, nobody really cares. Like I don't think nobody on Golden State really cares. They feel like if they get the opportunity and they get in and they're going to go out there and they're going to put on a run. So, yeah, I mean, I, I really don't have any takes. I can see Minnesota screwing it up. I can see New Orleans screwing it up. Uh, looking behind them, Utah's right behind them, Portland behind. Like, I, but between that whole group, I really don't have any concern for Golden State. So now it's just what will they do getting a potential Denver, Memphis? If they get Sacramento, then I, I'm sorry for the beam. A Phoenix matchup, like it's it's a whole bunch of different matchups that they come out to that they can actually make some noise in the playoffs. So yeah, the I don't think this is the, the this isn't why, the time to yeah. push the button. I think that's what you're asking. Is this the time to push the button? On I don't think it's a matter no, of pushing the, the button. Push the I, 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 I'm not really asking about pushing the button. It's more just a matter of are we giving them too much credit for previous years when this year's team doesn't seem to have it. That's kind of what I'm asking, because I understand on one hand, the Western Conference, for the most part, is relatively weak. I know Phoenix now is basically a super team, but we'll see how the chemistry works out with KD. But the point is, Golden State, 7-22 and on the road, and you're playing a road series in every single round, and you might have to win two play-in games just to make it into the playoffs? Well, you can throw that 7-22 and out the, out the door when they get into the playoffs. That's not going to mean anything when you get to the playoffs. That's a whole different atmosphere. You know to get up on the road, you're not going to. No, I, I don't I, take I don't know if I can fully throw it out, because Golden State's usually a good road team. That's what I'm saying. There's a lot of cons constant... I'd say variables that you can see every year with, with these elite Golden State teams. Like, they're great late in games. They're great offensively. That's still the case this year. Defensively, they're great in the fourth quarter, stuff like that. This year, the third quarter hasn't been as good as it has been in previous years. The fourth quarter hasn't been as good as in previous years. I don't think this is the same team, and I feel like people just expect them to flip a switch. I got to at least see it for a decent stretch, and, I, and with Curry being out, they might be a playing team. Like, I'm not picking a play-in team to win the Western Conference. Curry's out I, for what, another month? Yeah, he's out for another month. I mean, I don't, like, this I don't, problems. 
Yeah, they got problems, but I don't think that that's going to take a... I, ultimately, I think if they get in, they're going to be somebody that you should be afraid of, and it's uh, they have a pretty good chance to beat anybody. Like, there's nobody that I'm sitting here, aside from what Kevin Durant and Phoenix Suns may look like, there's nobody that in this Western Conference that I say, oh, Golden State absolutely not going to beat them. Like, there's no... There's nobody. There's literally nobody to be afraid of. So I think... And I think that last night's game isn't an indicator. Like, if you were on them before that game, then you're on them now. And if you were off them before that game, then you're still off them now. Like, that game wasn't any any indicator than them losing on the road shorthanded that, oh, this Golden State team doesn't have it. So I I think that they're fine. I think that they're not worried and that – if they, I don't think they're worried either. I think they should be, though, especially when you're looking at the potential pathway to win a title. Let's say you're right. Let's say Golden State finishes the seven seed. They end up in the play-in. They win the first play-in game. They get the seven seed. Okay. Assuming that Phoenix is going to jump Sacramento, because I think Phoenix is going to jump Sacramento. They're one game behind. Uh, they look yeah. like the much better team last night. So let's assume Phoenix ends up getting the two or the three, and Sacramento gets potentially the four or the five. So that means Golden State around one is facing off against either Phoenix or Memphis, then in the second round facing off against either Phoenix or Memphis, and then potentially facing off against Denver in the Western Conference Finals. That's such a ridiculous path for a road team that's 7-22 and right now to beat the top three seeds in the conference, having to win at least one game on the road in each series. But that's so my who, point. So outside of ridiculous. Phoenix. So outside but outside of Phoenix, who are you putting a bet on? Like who are you really are you sitting out here and saying, "Oh, well, yeah, I know go to state." I mean, I'm not sitting here advocating for Golden State to go back to back, but I'm saying that there's nobody that you want to hitch your horse to. There's nobody. That's fair. Like that, that's how close that's how close it is. So if we were to sit here and say Golden State does do that and does go back, I wouldn't be surprised because there's nobody to hitch your horse on. Nobody wants to step out and do it. I get it. I, I just think that people are expecting Golden State to just flip a switch and run the table. Once again, this is not a good road team. Maybe they can switch it up in the playoffs. I'm not sure if they can, but that's a really tough schedule. They really just dug their own bed, and I don't think it's a particularly good outlook, in my opinion. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, I, I like to see Golden State when everybody's healthy and everybody's playing. We still yet to see them at that point in the season. It's always been somebody here, somebody there, this, that, this, that. I mostly, I mostly I, brought it up for the defense. I know Curry's still out. I'm just not used to Golden State constantly giving up north of 120 points. I, that, that's the part that scares me because they uh, Wiggins didn't play last night, which didn't help, but this was always known as being a very good defensive team besides the great three-point shooting. Defensively, they're just not there. They're just not a good defensive team this year. Yeah. But anyway, we'll that, that I think we'll see. But I'm not I'm not pushing the button. I'm not really concerned at the seven looking at the seven twenty-two. I know it's bad, but I'm not really concerned because you also have that twenty-two and seven holding them afloat right now. So it's like you fix that, you fix your little jitters on the road and you're straight. Like you're yeah, straight. But I do want to ask you though, kind of switching gears to another game. We're gonna talk about the games for Wednesday in a second. Just to be clear, I said this on Christmas Day when I saw Boston beat Milwaukee comfortably. Boston's beating Milwaukee in a playoff series, right? I don't think so. I I think Boston's the significantly better team when healthy, and I don't think it's close. I think Boston wins in six, maybe even less than that. I'd be shocked if Milwaukee won three games in that series. I think Boston's just a much better team. I, I don't think it's close, but... That was my takeaway from yesterday. And yes, you can argue, well, Milwaukee was looking ahead because Boston was benching their entire team. 
There is no way you should need overtime to beat a front court of Muscala and Blake Griffin. <laughs> like, what are we doing here, Milwaukee? Boston's better than you. Like, I don't it, think it's close. I mean, I'm not, I'm not surprised. We see those spots all the time, and we talked about it yesterday. We was like, yo, it's always those spots. It doesn't matter who they play against. It doesn't matter what home, team it is. You're trying to pass it doesn't matter, Scott. Team. It always happens. Up. Every time a team benches three, four starters, they somehow, some way, cover the game and make it close. Like it happens every time. We got to stop just doubting it at this point. It happens every time. I don't it happens more often than it should. But I just watching those teams play, I think that Boston just is a more. I don't want to say fundamentally sound teams. I'm not exactly sold on other current coach Missoula, but it feels like Boston, based on how the roster is constructed, makes life very difficult for Giannis. He had a bunch of turnovers last night. Holiday went for 40, which I did not see coming, but he had a very good game. But just watching how these teams ran their offenses and everything like that, Boston still scored 120-plus points, and they were missing their best offensive players. And yes, it went to overtime, and Boonehoser still not fouling up three in the final five seconds, which is still moronic. He's been doing it his entire career, and I think that it's ridiculous. I, I'm just watching those teams play. I think Milwaukee doesn't have a chance it, it, when they're fully healthy. I think Boston buries that team in a playoff series, in my opinion. Uh, and Giannis I'll, can't hit free throws. So I'll wait to help. see when when uh, Chris Middleton is inserted back in the starting lineup, when Bobby Portis comes back. I'll wait and see. I think that that's going to be – I think that's going to be the biggest overreaction that – People, when you get to the playoffs, and because these two teams are going to meet in the playoffs, but when we get I to that they, playoff I think this series, is Eastern Conference Finals matchup. I mean, yeah, I'm not, so I'm, they're going to meet. I'm they're going to no, but what I'm up. saying is that they are going to meet in the playoffs, and th- it's going to come back to the Christmas game and this game. These are the two games that are going to come back to, and everybody and their mother is going to slam Boston, and Milwaukee's going to do what they do and go back and make another championship run. So. I mean, I think Milwaukee is going to win that series. Like, I think that all of this is fuel to the too. fire, and Milwaukee's going to win that series. I'm going what I saw last year, too, which was Giannis had a bunch of massive stat line games. His efficiency wasn't great, and that seems to be what the case always is against Boston. They forced But last year, if Middleton plays, they win that series. I, if Middleton plays, they win probably, that series. Probably, but Middleton but – but the point is when you say if Middleton played last year, they would have won. You're assuming Middleton is back to where he was pre-injury. Middleton's looked awful this year. He's coming off the bench. No, that's He's the coming point. Off the bench in staggered it, minutes. That's my I, point. My point is, is that I think that the Bucks have a serious chance of winning if Middleton managed to look like the guy he was pre-injury. I'm skeptical that being the case because this year he has not looked very good. And he's coming off a major injury. Correct. He's being eased back into the lineup. Like I said, this is February. I am completely not worried about where a lot of these teams stand in February. Not at all. I don't know if it's a matter of being worried because I'm still picking Milwaukee and Boston to make the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm just saying, based on how these teams are constructed, I think if these teams would play 10 playoff series, I'm taking Boston and at least in like seven of them. And I'm sticking to my earlier pick earlier this year in that I don't think anybody in the East can beat Milwaukee in a seven-game series, and I have them as my pick to come out the East to go to the Finals. Uh, The more I watch Boston play, the more I'm picking Boston. I I don't think any team can really stay with them for a seven-game series. Maybe Milwaukee can take it to seven, and I'm wrong. I think Boston wins in five or six. I I just think that roster-wise, they are just extremely deep, and they are built to make life extremely difficult for Giannis. And I'm still not sold on Milwaukee's bench. I don't think Milwaukee's bench is very good. So I think that's going to be the story in a seven-game series. But either way, that's kind of my thoughts on that game. Uh, you want to move over to, to or transition over to today's card? Yeah, we can. We can absolutely do that. 
Uh, before we do that, got to talk to you about the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, and that is when bet active in a ton of states, including Arizona, where they just had the Super Bowl, at live betting, same game parlays, aka the win, build your own bet. You have great promos, odds, and payouts, everything you need. Sign up today, get a special offer, bet $100, get $100, limited to state availability. And don't forget, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you are going to win a $1,000 free credit. So it doesn't matter how much you put down. You can just put down a dollar. Just put down a dollar and, and hit a crazy long shot parlay, and you can win a $1,000 free credit plus your winnings. So much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That is sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. All subject change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 20 and older and present state. Replay through winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All righty here. Yeah, it's not the Cavs. <laughs> I'm not picking the Cavs. And you can it's look at the, the their stats. I love it. I love it. But it's fun. they're going to be fun. But it's not. If you look at them against winning teams, though, Cleveland is not particularly good against teams above 500. I'm not going to say that they are like bottom feeder merchants, but you look at their. They're split, not. They're not the Bulls of last year. They're not the Bulls of last year. But they're like a couple. They're of not great against them. good teams. I'm just saying they're they're not great. I, I'm pretty sure they're one of the only playoff teams right now that's like top four seeds in each conference that are below 500 against winning teams. So I'm not sold on Cleveland. Uh, I think that they can make it uh, to the second round or so, but I'm not picking them beyond that. We'll see. I'm not uh, picking them over Boston or uh, Milwaukee. I'll pick them over everybody else, though. Mm, maybe not Philly. We'll talk about that. We'll see. That game's coming up. All right. First game on the slate, we have the San Antonio Spurs going to play the Charlotte Hornets in a battle for Victor Wembiana. Minus seven for. <laughs> Wait, what? Are you serious? Is this the line? Charlotte won a game. Charlotte minus seven. Uh, it actually opened up at six and now it's over to minus seven. 243 and a half is the total injury report for these two teams. And we have for the San Antonio Spurs. All right. There we go. All right, for the San Antonio Spurs, you have Trey Jones, who is out. Romeo Langford, who is out. Doug McDermott is questionable with an Achilles. Isaiah Roby's out. You know, Devin Vassell, Kim Birch still on IR. And for the Hornets, you have Cody Martin out. Kai Jones is doubtful. And Kelly Oubre is still on IR. All right. Uh, Mark Williams, double-double. The only concern I have is the foul trouble because he's had a couple quiet games in a row because he just can't stay on the court. I agree with the principle Nick, of the play. Then Nick Richards double up. Okay. I mean, that's an option. I, I think you can look for Zach Collins if you want to go for the opposite side because he's been pretty solid ever since they traded Pirtle. Uh, and, they're this, giving him, and they're not giving him the respect of a starting center line because it's Zach Collins. No, I mean, it's not the same as Muscala last night, but Muscala props were pretty easy because he played. He just played a bunch of minutes and he was basically starting. So it's another one of those spots where I don't think the markets have fully adjusted to I feel him. like he did start. I think he did start, actually. No, Muscala started yesterday. That's my point. My point yeah. is that since it was a last minute, like every, we're benching the entire front court, Muscala's line was at like eight points. Like they didn't give him full starter player prop numbers because they weren't fully adjusted to his actual role. Same thing with Collins. You'll get Collins the last couple of games. He's been effective. That was my uh-huh. point. But I'm um, assuming you're also on Branham because he's been very good lately. 
yeah, man. I'm I'm on the Michael brand. Was it Michael? Is it? Is it Michael? It's Michael, right? Um, is it Michael or is it Malcolm? Or is it Malcolm? It might be Malcolm. Hold on. A Malachi. Oh, Malachi. Okay. All right, my fault. Appreciate that. I'm on Malachi. Malachi Burnham. Yeah, for sure. I'm. I've been a little late to that train. He's been good. Do you want to make a case for uh, maybe Devontae Graham? Man, it's so funny. Like we're just sitting here talking about props and not talking about the game at all because who would suck, actually bet this game? I'm never, I'm never laying seven with Charlotte. So I got a shout out San Antonio though. They covered for me against uh, against Cleveland last time out. Yeah, yeah, they did. But that you team's still horrible. That, pick that well, I mean, they're they're just a terrible team. But Charlotte won one game. Congratulations. Uh, they beat Atlanta. Uh, but that game at like 260 points. I know you were right on the total. I was wrong on that one. But the point is, they still don't guard anybody, which is why this total's 244. Uh, I, uh, I mean, I guess the question is, instead of taking Charlotte to cover, would you rather just take Charlotte team total? Because if they're going to win this game, they are 100% going to score north of 130 points. It just feels like a spot where I know the total's high, you can argue maybe it's too high because San Antonio offensively is not great. Charlotte team total is a huge number, but I can't really disagree with it because San Antonio defensively is so bad. Like you're looking at numbers here for the defense for San Antonio. Give up 117 to Cleveland. They play at a pretty slow pace. Give up 125 to Atlanta. Give up 138 to Detroit. Did go to double overtime, but they st- I got to look up the uh, regulation points allowed in that game. Uh, in that Pistons game, they gave up. That was only 113, actually. That's actually not terrible. But San Antonio doesn't guard anybody, and Charlotte plays fast. Do you have any thoughts on Charlotte team total? It's a massive number, but the but the full game total is 244, and Charlotte just scored like 130 plus against Atlanta. Are we just picking Charlotte to score like 130? Um, it kind of feels that way, doesn't it? Yeah, but why do we have to go to Charlotte side? We don't. I was just asking. If, oh, yeah. Because we're both scared of Charlotte laying points. So I'm saying I think I'd rather take the team total. Oh, yeah. If I had points. to pick, I'd definitely take. I like my chances with the team total 100%. But they can lose the game and go over the team total. Yeah, very much so. They can win the game by two and go over the team total. Like, there's yeah. so many different things that I could really do rather than take Charlotte minus seven. What I will say is that they have line movement in their favor. So, I mean, I give you that. But I'm not. I'm I. I really don't have to have a Charlotte minus seven ticket in my pocket. Like I'm perfectly fine not doing that. I'm not going to have a Charlotte ticket in my pocket. I'm going to lean to the over, but of course I can't actually bet it because that's that's an insanely high number at 244. And the Spurs still are in a good offensive team. You're just hoping that what Charlotte showed against Atlanta is what we'll see the rest of the season, which is we're tanking, but we're also going to have fun and we're going to pad people's stats. So we're just going to have 250 points in every game. Speaking of, I'm never taking a late on the road again. I don't think you can. Yeah, that, that I was just, bad. I, I I don't. You know, I when you go against your your things, they always burn you. Whenever you go against your things, they always burn you. That's what I, happens when I bet Boston. When I say I'm never betting Boston again, then I come back and I turn around. And I bet Boston. That's what happened in Atlanta. I said I'm not betting Atlanta on the road. I bet Atlanta on the road, and they completely flopped. I'm annoyed in this game, by the way, because I wanted to consider LaMelo triple-double. It felt like a good spot for him. It's plus 550. Really? 
Five fifty. I mean, he, like, I mean he like he walks he walks into a near triple double every game. So it's just like that little bit to push him over the top. I plus five fifty though is a terrible price. I I thought it was going to be around nine to one, maybe ten to one. I would have considered it. I guess the argument is the total so high we got to lower the numbers, but five fifty is crazy. I can't touch that. He walks into. He, I'd rather take Lamelo assists. I'd rather skip the rebounds, take an alt assist line, and move on with my life. Because I mentioned in the Trey game uh, against Charlotte last time out that I just thought it was a good spot for him. I think this is a good spot for Lamelo to get a bunch of assists. Maybe you can argue you can take a San Antonio point guard assist because Trey walked into fourteen of them. But I think I'd rather just take Lamelo assists, maybe an alt line there. Triple doubles just not worth it at five fifty. I don't think there's any value on that. Do you? That number seems way too low. 15 assists in that game against Atlanta where they scored 144 points. I'd rather just take the alt assist line, ignore rebounds, and get a somewhat similar price. Somewhat. It's not going to be the exact same, but uh, I mean, I, I don't think there's any value on the uh, triple-double. Uh, I'm not really... I'm not really mad at the triple double price. Just, I think it's because I watch a, a slightly more Hornets games than I probably should. He like it looks like he's going for a triple double every night. He like, I'll, I'll, I'll ask like you this though. I'll phrase it this way because Lamelo's number is eight, nine and a half. What do you think is a better deal at five fifty? Lamelo triple double or Lamelo fourteen plus assists? They're both five fifty. I'd rather take the assists. Uh, That's kind of my point. Uh, I think you got a bit, a good shot with both. Just I like twelve assists for Lamelo at plus two hundred. That's probably my favorite plus money play on this game. I really think Lamelo's got a shot to go for like fifteen tonight. I don't know. I don't know because sometimes, like some of these matchups, Lamelo just be like, "I'm about to do this all myself today," like. I could be, but I'm just going based on the numbers. I, I just think that that number is a little bit low for nine and a half. Because you're expecting Charlotte know. to score about 130 points. I, I just I have to consider taking the over. Mm, I think I might take the triple double line actually. Okay. Especially if like the big start going out with foul foul problems and yeah, well, yeah I think I would prefer. You know, well, Melo's had 10 plus assists in each of the last three. So I think that's yeah. why I'm kind of leaning. Yeah, no, I mean, the assist is good. It's just when you start getting to 14, like, uh, you're starting to get into, you know, you're banking on a lot there. Um, I, my favorite play is 12 at plus 200. I'll compromise and meet in the middle. I think 12's yeah, quite 12 is Yeah, well, 12 Mello. is cool. It's just when you start getting to 14, it's like, yeah. all right, mm-hmm. like you're, you're just really just taking a shot in the dark that this is the day that, you know, everybody's hitting everything that he gives them. Yeah, it's a bit of an assist heater because I recommended 14 plus for Trey last time out and he had 14 on the dot. So it's yeah. a bit of a heat check there for the assist number. But yeah, I don't have any real yeah, thoughts. We, we killed the assist that game. I said, you said Trey, I said LaMelo. They both had like 15, 14, yeah. 15 mm-hmm. in that game. Like I think LaMelo had 15. Like they both really killed it in that one. I'm looking for team I'm, total overs here in the props I mentioned, but yeah, like just to have fun side. with the props in this yeah. game, man. Like you I, I got nothing to, on this. You side. don't have to bet the side. I'm, I will give out for the sake of the show Spurs plus seven. Cause I'll never take uh Charlotte land points. So Spurs plus seven. I'm still on the over two forty three. <laughs> like I'm. Sorry. I think I'm on the over as well. But. Yeah, I'm still on the over two forty three and a half. Maybe we can. Uh, maybe somebody can talk me into a first half team total over. 
maybe if we look at some numbers, yeah. we might can talk me into that. But I'm on the props, Mark Williams props, uh, Nick Richards when they drop him in case Mark that was kind of the hedge to Mark Williams. Uh, so Lamelo's assist, yeah, that's in there. What else do we say? Uh, I think Lamelo might could be a scorer in this one too, low key. Uh, I mentioned Branham. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Branham, Branham's been really, really good. I got, and I, I'm still going back to my guy, Kelton Johnson, man. I think, Zach actually, I think Zach Collins is double double value at plus one sixty five. One sixty five for a double double. Yeah, he's gonna be I think on the he's court. Got value there. He's gonna have, he's gonna be on the court. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Anybody else that I'm interested in? Well, not really. All right. Next game on the slate. Let's move on. And who's next? The Chicago Bulls are going to play the Indiana Pacers in Indiana. Indiana's laying two and a half at home. 231 and a half is the total injury report for these two teams. And we have DeMar Rosen, who is out with the quad injury. Okay, that's why Indiana's laying two and a half. Uh, Alex Caruso is questionable with the foot. Derek Jones Jr. is out. Gordon Drogic is probable. And you know about Javante Green and Lonzo Ball. We have for the Pacers, Miles Turner and Daniel Tice are both questionable for tonight. This game is extremely simple for me. I'm taking Indiana. I mean, I don't know. How the hell am I supposed to take Chicago? If you take Chicago, you got to take Levine like four plus threes, 30 30 points, and just do it like that. And I do see a script where that happens because I hate how Indiana elects to guard guards like i really really hate it they think that guarding guards means just let them score and then we're going to come back and score faster than them and that's how we win i I can't take chicago though i mean they're 10 and 19 on the road we faded them last time out at home against orlando and they lost outright they only scored 91 points against orlando they scored less than 92 points in each of their last uh, two games they scored less than 92 in each of their Mm -hmm. three of their last four games the offense is falling apart talk your shit Keep going. Yeah, it, they've been really, really bad offensively. They scored less than 106 in each of their last four games. I'm taking Indiana. It's pretty simple for me. The Bulls are horrible, especially against bad teams. They're the opposite of last year's team. This feels like a game where Indiana just comes out with the home crowd and wins comfortably. I think Indiana wins this game by like five plus, especially with DeRozan being out. I think I have to take Indiana. <laughs> right? I mean, how am I supposed to make a case for Chicago? They just scored. No, no, it was just you saying they're winning home. comfortably, and then you said by five plus. <laughs> they'll be they'll be up by a lot, and then I think it'll be somewhat late. That's what I was laughing at when you said comfortably. Yeah, five 10, plus. Yeah. If Indiana wins by ten plus, you take the win margin thing of eleven plus. I wouldn't be shocked, but nah, I think I the Bulls will lose this game. I got no faith in Chicago in this matchup. Yeah, I mean. Indiana has been known to flops flop around sometimes, but now they're under 500 teams. So they're good at home too. I mean, they've lost five straight, yeah. but you look at the teams they faced off against: Cleveland, Miami, Phoenix, Washington. And Washington's been better lately. They're okay, and they lost to Utah. I mean, Utah's an underdog, or I don't even know if they were an underdog. It was a pick 'em, so that doesn't. No, even so count. yeah, that, yeah, that but didn't count. That was like a pick. The point is, they've had a decently tough strength of schedule lately. I think the mm-hmm. Bulls are beneath all of those teams, so I'm not mm-hmm. going to overreact to it. I'm just going to look at uh, Indiana here. And Bills Mafia mentioned that the Bulls took leads into the fourth quarter in each of the last three road games, and they lost. They're a horrible fourth-quarter team, so I'll go Where's with Indiana. Where's the guy that is a Bulls fan? Okay, I don't, I'm so sorry I don't remember your name. but Is it Daniel who lives in Chicago? Is that what you're talking about? No, 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 no. not Daniel. 
even though Daniel living in Chicago knows that the Bulls are trash, but it's a guy. And we were doing the uh, the live streams during the games last year, and he called from a bar and just talked shit about the Bulls the whole time we were on the stream. Like, it was really fucking hilarious. He was like, yeah, Talk shit about roasting the team, or he was roasting your He was roasting the team. He was roasting okay. – yeah, he was roasting the Bulls. I can't remember his name. I'm sure he's listening, and he'll probably send me a message later and be like, hey, that was me. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, he was – it was hilarious. But, no, Chicago, like, sucks. Like, they truly suck. Like, there's – the only way they do get this done is Bill's if Levine Mafia, goes Bill's crazy. Bill's Mafia, apparently. Oh, it was they Bill's Mafia? Okay, so I thought it was Bill's Mafia, but I didn't know because he says Bill's Mafia, so that was, like, throwing me off. Like, it was – it was. Crazy. What is he supposed to do, root for the Bears? Come on, man. He's, he's got to have some True. respect. Understood. Understood. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I would I would switch to the Bills too. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. I would. Okay. Nah, man. You gotta you gotta go with you gotta go with Chicago. If you go Chicago, you gotta attach Levine to it because Levine's good. Like if Levine has a 40 plus day and Chicago wins, I wouldn't be surprised. That but, would not. But be if he goes for 35, there's no guarantee they win the game anyway. So no, I he has to go to four. Uh, he has to go for 40. He can't he might lose if he has, he has 40 to go anyway. 40. That's that's my point. So no, no, no. If he gets 40, they're winning. If he gets 35, they they're gonna lose. But if he gets 40, they're winning. Uh, I'm I'm still going with Indiana. Do you want to make a case for Chicago, or you're just gonna go with Indiana with me? Oh no, I'm oh no, I'm definitely picking Indiana, but. I'm saying it's either Indiana wins or it's Levine 40 plus in a win. There's Fair no enough. in between there. Okay. Uh, 231 and a half. I'm on the under. Sounds contrarian, but I just mentioned Chicago scoring numbers. They've scored less than 106 in four straight games. They've scored less than 92 and three of four. Scored 91 at home to Orlando. Uh-huh. I, I can't take an over with this team. It looks like offensively they're just cooked. So I'm I'm not gonna bother. Uh, I'll go with the under. It's gonna be an ugly under because it could go be- it could go south very quickly with Indiana's defense. But based on how Chicago's played offense lately, I I can't. I gotta go with the under. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Indiana team total over. I don't think I want to bank on Chicago continuing that no scoring streak. Just I'm just because, bringing it up because offensive ratings are at like an all-time high, and Chicago can barely get to 92 points. That's kind of why. I no, no, I, I 100% get that, and I get what you're saying, but it's just I don't want to take the chance with because one, I really think Levine's going to have a day. Like I really do think he's going to have a day. It he may not be the day that he needs. Yeah, it's, it may not be the day that they need to win the game, but he's going to have a day. And uh, Io DeSomo is another name that I'm looking at that I wrote down that I was like, man, I really, really hate how Indiana just guards the guard position. And DeSomo is a, is a low volume guy that could have a really big day today. So, like, there's different ways that I can see Chicago picking up the scoring for the day. I just prefer to hedge my horse on Indiana in this spot and take their team to the over. Yeah, I can, I can get behind that. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of looking at just a Especially, double-double uh, type of game. Yeah, Halliburton double double. This could be the Miles Turner. Hey, you should have traded for me game. Like, <laughs> you, you should have like traded five for me. Teams in the league, huh? Miles Turner has that with like five different. Yeah, he's got it with the league. Lakers. He's got it with the Bulls and anybody else. I don't know, but I know those two for certain. I feel like those are those are two where Miles Turner's like y'all should have really traded for me. Yeah. Mm. All right. It's a lot to like in that game. <laughs> Next game on the slate, we have, uh, here we go, nationally televised television. The Philadelphia 76ers are at home to the Cleveland Cavaliers. 76ers are now laying minus one and a half. Opened up at two and a half. It's now down to one and a half. Two, 16 and a half is the total injury report for these two teams. And you have for the Cavaliers, 
clean injury report. Uh, shouldn't expect anything different there. And for the 76ers, you have Joe B questionable. PJ Tucker is probable. Furkan Korkmaz is out for personal reasons. Uh, sounds like I didn't get traded reasons. And Dwayne Dedman signed to the team. I don't think he's playing tonight, though. I mean, hey. It looks like um, somebody sharp is on Cleveland. Because they pushed this line down a whole point. Dirt from when we started this podcast to now, because it was two and a half when we started. Now it's down to one and a half. The annoying part with line moves on certain games involving certain teams like the Sixers is you never know if it's based on sharp money because they think Cleveland is just a great spot or if there's an increasing chance Embiid doesn't play and people are immediately trying to be early and beat a line move before Embiid gets ruled out. You never know because Embiid's Mm -hmm. questionable every damn game and it's pretty frustrating. I mentioned Cleveland struggling against teams above 500. But Cleveland has won seven straight. I have to at least bring up, though, they really have not had the most difficult level of competition in that seven-game stretch. To look at the teams that they've beaten in this run, they beat the Spurs, they beat the Bulls, they beat the Pelicans, they beat the uh, Pistons, beat the Wizards, beat the Pacers, beat the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies, pretty good win, but that team's falling apart. And they beat a bunch of other non-playoff teams in that stretch. Does that mean anything to you? Because on one hand, it's good to be in good form. But can you make an argument that they're overvalued because they had a very easy little stretch in their schedule? Uh, I don't want to say bad. those teams. Are yeah, bad. no, no, the teams are bad, but I don't want to say it's oh, like good teams lose to bad teams all the time. So yeah. there's still something to be said to go on that stretch and to have the run that you did and put yourself in this situation where you're not sniffing at a one seat, but you're you're adding a little like now Boston and Milwaukee are looking behind them like okay them guys are there but those guys are right there okay like so I, I'm not gonna I don't I didn't overvalue it I think that there is some type of value that you should put on it but don't go over the head because again it's not like that they're beating world beaters I think for me I'm gonna lean to Cleveland in this game anyway I was just asking for the sake of asking but I'm gonna lean to Cleveland from what I've seen with Allen and with Mobley. Embiid, you can't really stop. But I think they can make life more difficult for him than most teams in the entire NBA. I think Embiid's probably like bottom three excitement level when he sees this team Mm -hmm. on the schedule. Because he has to look over and he's like, I got Allen and I got Mobley. This is going to suck. I'm sure he still can go for 30 and change. But I saw the first meeting this season and Cleveland buried him at home. That Mm -hmm. game wasn't even close. I think that you'll end up seeing Cleveland do a good job defensively of forcing Embiid into a somewhat productive night, but a potentially inefficient night, and they need Embiid to be quite efficient. Plus, I think Harden could have a problem dealing with Okoro defensively all game long. So I'm going to go with Cleveland here. I'll back team this 1-7 straight. Mitchell can have a big game. Garland can have a big game. Even Mobley or Allen can. But I think that based on how Cleveland's constructed, they can give the Sixers problems I'll lean to Cleveland, but Philly at home, though, is very good. So I'm not going to bet on this game. I think it's very close, but I'll lean to Cleveland if I had to pick a side. I'm going to lean to the under, but nationally televised games have constantly gone over. And I mentioned that a couple weeks ago. Yesterday was 2-0 to the over again. Uh, So I'm also scared off on that, but I'll lean Cleveland. I think that they're good enough to get the job done here. 
I think Harden might have a bad game. Maybe Embiid is just inefficient from the floor. Maybe he doesn't play. We'll see. But I'm going to lean to Cleveland. You? Oh, my gosh. Uh, it's very tough, this game. It's very tough. Uh, okay, well, let me start this by this. Sean stacking the money green. Text me about this game last night. Asked me what I was doing. I said bet the under. <laughs> that was the first thing I said. Just take I would the bet under. the under too. But nationally televised <laughs> games are just constantly at a bunch of free throws, and it scares the crap out of me. Yeah, but I think that this is a much slower pace. I think that it's a, a slightly, it slightly efficient, lot slower pace this game this time around. The 76ers have no problem slowing the game down, and that's really my issue. Is that they play if they slow the game down and play to Cleveland. They're going to lose because they play so much better when they're quick tempo. Like even with Embiid and Harden, and that's crazy to say that you can have Embiid and Harden in a lineup and they're better when they're at a quicker tempo than a slower tempo. Like that is, they they are so much better when they do that, especially with Embiid because no, they can't the defense can't get set. They can't bring somebody over for help, and he doesn't have to pass out of it and kind of rely on somebody else to make the move. Like he. Quick tempo, gets to his spot, makes a move, and scores. Well, that's the issue, so, too, because when you're in the half court, you're running Doc Rivers sets, which we've seen fail constantly know, in the playoffs for I a decade. I know. I want to take Philly so bad because Philly has the easy answer to winning the game. There's an easy answer to winning this game. Tyrese Maxey. Yeah. Tyrese Maxey. Tyrese Maxey. He, he is the X factor. He is the easy point to winning the game, but it's just like – they prefer to run slow sometimes, and it doesn't work for them. It really is really, really frustrating, like so frustrating how you see them go on these runs in games and when they're on 11-2 run, 15-4 uh, run, something crazy like that. And it's like they're pushing the ball, pushing the ball, pushing the ball, then as soon as they sit in the half court, offense gets stagnant, and you're like, yep. so now I have to decide if I trust Doc Rivers to actually make that adjustment in this game. It's a really tough call. You mentioned the under for the game. I'd probably agree. I think I'd rather live bet it. From what I've seen from a lot of these games, it just dies in the second half. Mm-hmm. I could see this game being a bit of a track meet early on, feeling out process like we see in most mm-hmm. NBA games. And then you see kind of like the fourth quarter that Celtics and Bucks game last night. Is the fourth quarter fine? I guess we'll try on defense now. We'll only play in the half court and the game's going to die. I think I'd mm-hmm. rather take a second half under. I'd rather live bet the under here. But I think you could see a bit of a burst offensively early on, and if this total crosses like 220, maybe you could take a live under. But I see a really ugly fourth quarter. I'd probably look at a fourth quarter under in this game. Uh, in what world does Philly not play in the half court for the final eight minutes of this game? Like, oh, my just gosh. Like, it's, it's just, just going to – it's just like I know how – like it's so clear and obvious how Philly wins this game. It's so clear and obvious. I just can't determine it because some nights they do it, some nights they don't. I know. It's, it just it depends. It depends. I I think I might have to add Philly to the no-bet list. I might have to add Philly to the no-bet list because I don't know. I'm gonna take Philly because they really, they really have an easy path to winning this game. Like they have an easy path to winning this game. And we just talked about Cleveland's below 500. Very good at home. Yeah, they're. I think Cleveland's what now decent on the road, but yeah, I'm going. I'm going Philly. I just hope that they do what I said. By the way, just for reference, the third quarter total is 52 and a half. The fourth quarter total is 53 and a half. The first and second quarters both have 55 and a half. So once again, if you want to take the under, that means they're expecting a somewhat higher scoring first half mm-hmm. and the game's going to die. I think I'd rather live bet the under. 
Yeah, no, I think, I, a lot, I think live betting is pretty good, especially if you get it after that second unit comes in for Philly and yep. they speed the game up a little bit, probably add a little bit more scoring. If you catch them at that moment and get an under after that, I think you're pretty solid as well. I, I think so there's a lot get, of ways to attack I, you this You can get game. either team like north of seven and a half live. Just take it. This game really yeah. just screams one possession a minute ago. Yep, I agree. All right. Which is crazy because the last two games have been blowouts both sides. <laughs> well, I feel like was missing but, some guys, though. I don't remember yeah. if Harden played in that. I don't think Harden played in that game. I, I think that Philly was pretty shorthanded, if I'm not mistaken. I think Philly was definitely shorthanded. But yeah. uh, Philly also played on Cleveland one time, too. I think I remember the game that Cleveland buried them, though. I'm pretty sure like Jared Allen didn't even play. I think they were using uh, – I'm drawing a bl- – Diakide. As their starter, the Virginia guy, they just threw in like a practice squad center and they still buried the crap out of Philly. From what I recall, I think that's what happened. Yeah. But. All right. Props. I'm expecting a rock fight. So aren't I just blindly taking rebound props on like everybody? Yeah, I think rebound props is is a good way to go. I'm still on Evan Mobley, man. (laughs) Like they've. Bickerstaff's really unleashed Evan Mobley over the past, and month. they've won seven straight. Like it took them, it took them too long, but they finally. I don't. Realized I have no done. idea why why you weren't doing that in the first place. Like he, but it's like now people have to actually account for him on the offensive end as well. Like we know what he does defensively, but now you you have this seven foot, uh, seven foot freaking center coming at you, dribbling like a freaking guard. And able to post up, able to shoot over the top, able to uh, put his sh- shoulder into your chest and drive to the basket. Like, I, I don't know. I just, I've been betting Evan Mobley, and I've just been waiting for him to go on this cold stretch and kill me before I stop betting him. But <laughs> I gotta keep riding it Mobley until you lose one. Yeah. I mean, I, give me two in a row, two in a row with Mobley, and I'm like, all right, I'm good. But he's been really good, man. Even, or you can even look at his double doubles. He's been getting a lot of rebounds too, as well, like a lot more than he's, than he was starting in the early part of the season. He's definitely filling up a stat sheet now. Uh, I don't really have much more. Like, I'm trying to I was think about to say, I don't, I'm not really on hard and assist today. Like, I think I I'm leaning Garland under for assists because if it's a TV game, aren't you just going to assume that Mitchell goes hero ball for the final, like, I don't even know, X amount of minutes? Like, I'm not sure if Garland's going to have enough opportunities to get assists when Mitchell might just want to take over the game and have the ball. I, the I don't know time. if I agree with that because I'm also thinking about how Garland does with the pick and roll, and he'll run the pick and roll a lot with Mobley and Allen, and that's a, that's a weak spot for Philadelphia 1 because – they really don't have the commitment to the defense on the interior side of the ball. But I think that that's like garlic can rack up a bunch of easy assists just like that. So I think you might rack up points with those switches. So that, that's kind of how I'm looking at it. Okay. But I don't really have much in terms of points or assists, or I guess I'd lean assists under because we like the under in this game. But I see a lot of rebounds. I think this is going to be a physical game. I hope the refs actually let these teams play because they're two of the most physical teams in the league. So I'm hoping it turns into a scrum in the middle and you get a bunch of rebounds. Let's see if they got the let me see if they got the refs out. Who the ref is gonna be. What is it? NBA that's that's one thing I've really been lacking in my actual handicap of games. I need to do a better job of actually keeping in mind who the that's refs are. That's what I was thinking and that's what I was thinking about. Like we really gotta keep up with that. We're well, come on, we're, I have we're not done really sharp guys. With the amount of we, free throws that you've been getting in all these games, I really need to do a better job of looking at the okay. ref. Here we go. NBA referees. Let's see if they announced who it's gonna be. No, they didn't. What time did they announce the people last night? They announced that. Oh, what well, they did it. Twelve. No, I, I, I see them. 
I see Mark Lindsay, you got uh, Bushert, and you got Matt Myers. Okay. I'm going to have to pull up the ref report. Yeah, we're going to have to pull up the ref report. We're going to be better on the ref report. I'm going to have to start using that as like one of my main sources of handicapping because all so many of these games come down to free throw shooting for totals. So many yeah. of these games. All right, say the names again. Uh, so the three names are uh, Mark Lindsay. Okay. Mark Lindsay is 12-5 ATS to the home. Is this the home team? I'm assuming this is the home team. It didn't Mark say. Lindsay is, uh, but he's six and twelve to yeah. the under. Yeah, that's, he is. That's six, I, I mean, six there. and twelve to the over, so twelve and six to the under. Uh, I see Nick uh, Boucher. He's uh, nineteen and twenty-three to the over, so he's also an under ref. And I see Matt Myers. Matt Myers is eighteen and twenty to the over. So all three refs have been more unders than overs. Hey man, sometimes when you're sharp, you're sharp. I, I just. <laughs> Sometimes when you're sharp, you're sharp. I think I have to like the under now. I mean, I, I still look <laughs> to the under anyway, but all three refs are in favor of the under. That means I'm hoping that they all three like- refs are in favor of the under. Philly doesn't want to be an over team, no matter how much they're over team. They keep trying not to be an over team. Like, we, we might have stumbled on something there. Yeah, I'm going to go with the under. That's my favorite play on the game now. Yep. All right, Sean. I know you're not watching this, but you see, gave you out some good over the night value because you got a half a point live of line movement before the morning next game on the site we have the miami heat going to play the brooklyn nets he asked me about this game too nets are laying one and a half to 11 and a half is the total injury report for these two teams and for the miami heat tyler hero victor oladipo both are out duncan robinson is questionable for whatever that means kyle Lowry is on ir check mark there and for the Brooklyn Nets, Seth Curry is available tonight. So when Sean asked me last night, it was minus one Miami. And I said, never lay points with the Heat. Ever. <laughs> but now they're technically not lying. Yeah, technically they're not laying, but I still <laughs> I still actually kind of like uh, uh, Brooklyn in this spot. Brooklyn's getting a lot of sharp movement. Uh, a lot of the bets are on Miami, 63% of the bets. That's over 60, so technically a public side. Uh, but 71% of the money is on Brooklyn, and it's enough money that it pushed that line from minus one and a half Miami to one and a half Brooklyn. And I understand it. I mean, you talked about it. This Brooklyn team, those switches are dangerous, man. They didn't switching. show up against the Knicks. I had the under in the game, and they killed No, but it, was a, but it was a great handicap. Like It was a great handicap. It's just the fact that Jalen Him Brunson said, no, we're not doing this today. Josh Hart scored 27 points. Really? Yeah, they said we're not. Jalen Him Brunson and Josh Hart said that we're not doing this today. So, you know, it, it wasn't your fault. It was truly on Jalen Him Brunson, and I think you should take your ticket over to him. Matter of fact, I will take the ticket, and I will ask him for a refund for you because Jalen Him Brunson didn't have to do that to the Brooklyn Nets. He really did That's fair. Uh, it so, was a bit of overkill at times, but still. I, don't, I still don't know how Jalen Him Brunson is not an, an all-star. all-star yet. But, you know, it's still some time. We we, we got, you know, in a week, still some time. Maybe something happens, but. Jalen Hembrutson should really be an all-star. Okay, back to this game, though. Yeah, I think defensively they're going to give Miami a bunch of problems. I think Miami's going to give Brooklyn problems, too, though. So I I see an ugly game, but total's 212. Like, it's a low total for a good reason. Bowler always kills the Nets. And Adebayo, I think, is going to have a good matchup against the Nets as well. 
So I guess I'm going to ask which player prop you want to look at for this game because last time out, I recommended Butler triple double at 32 to one against the Nuggets. It was it one finished, assist or one rebound? He was one assist short. Yeah, he was one assist short of a 32 to one shot. So I'm still salty. Uh, I was crying a little bit because of that loss, but. Do you think he's got a shot tonight for it? Do you think that he's going to have a massive game? Because historically speaking, Butler's done very, very well against the Nets. Huh. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. Just because the one Nets, even though it's a little bit better with the wings that they got on the team now, still slight concern for them rebounding the basketball. I think that Jim Butler is going to be aggressive. And I, I don't think the points are going to be there. Like they were last game, where he, I think he just barely eked over his points prop last game. I don't game. either, but I think the rebounds will be there. Yeah, I think the rebounds are there. Assists are kind of a nerve for me. I think I would just rather bet, if I had a single bet to place, just place it on Jimmy's rebounds and just so It's that at six a- and a half at plus money, so you can probably find a five and yeah. a half. At like minus one thirty, minus one forty. Yeah, and see, I would, I would like that at that price for five for six rebounds. I definitely like that look, but I'm really interested in how the scoring comes for Miami not necessarily do they score because I think this is going to be a low scoring game overall but how does the scoring come and in what ways are they scoring are they scoring off of Jimmy Butler being able to drive penetrate and find somebody open or is it more of they're swinging the ball around just waiting to find a hole in the defense and you're going to split assists with a lot of different people that way so uh <sighs> I mean, technically, the live movement says you should like Miami, but I'm going to stick with my guns. I'm going Brooklyn in this spot. Uh, I'm really torn on this one because Miami's on the road and we hate Miami on the road. I think I have to lean Brooklyn. No chance I bet this at all. Like 0% chance I bet this game. However, if you want to go for a sneaky play, you could get Butler 10 plus rebounds at plus 430. Mm-hmm. I don't mind that. Totals, once again, at like 211. So you're expecting a lot of bricks throughout this game. Mm-hmm. I think Butler's had a good shot for rebounds. He rebounded the ball well against Denver. But Brooklyn is not a good rebound. What's his team. double-double price? His double-double price was like plus 280. But I don't think he's going to get the assist. So you're getting an extra dollar fifty, getting the most likely way that he would get a double-double. I'd rather just take the rebounds. Hmm. But I'm not going to take the actual side. I do agree on the under, but I can't take it. It's like 211. Like, I, I can't take a number like that. I, I think I'm just going to go with Butler rebounds, and I hope that they brick a bunch of shots. Yeah. So just clarifying what Scott said. So Miami as a road dog has always been the play for me, which is why that I'm I at this point I don't want to bet this game. But uh, Miami as a road dog always is the play. All has always been the play for me. Miami laying any type of points, whether it's at home or at the road, it's just not the move you want to make. Like it's just not the it's not the move you want to make at all. So you hate Miami as a favorite, love them as dogs, which makes this a, a difficult spot because they opened as a favorite and now are, are probably going to close as a dog I because close everybody slammed them. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. I everybody slammed them last night. This line was minus one and a half last night. I saw it, and every, they slammed it. And now I see all the the bet percentage. Everybody's putting heavy money on Brooklyn. So. Uh, I still I still think that I'm sticking with Brooklyn, and I'm going to just stick with the opening line of Miami was a favorite when they opened. But 
it's going to be a good game. And I think it's going to be a close game. Like I think it's going to be a rock fight. It's going to be extremely, extremely tense throughout. I don't see either team was, blowing him out. I see a war here, but I wouldn't be surprised again, if neither team got to 100. But you're in a close game late and you got Jimmy Butler, which is kind of ironic because I know he bricked the layup against Denver last game, but you still like Butler late in games. What's an alternative under? I'm really not scared of this number. I'm really not scared of this line. How low do you want to go? Because I, I could see neither team reaching 100. Like, That's what I said. A, I really don't think neither team. I really don't think neither team makes it to 100. So, if I had an alternate under of, what do you want to go? You want to just go like 199 and a half, which implies neither team. Neither team 100. made it to 100, and that's yeah, like, plus 285. Okay. I really There's don't a path think there. Yeah, it's it, it's a clear path there. If we're going to do that, though, we got to the referee report. This is going to become right. an official All right, thing. yeah. All right, go go to the go to the referee report. And you got Scott Foster, so this could get interesting. <laughs> this could get interesting. All right. the Scott Foster game. Um, looking at Foster's numbers, Foster is twenty-four and thirteen to the over. So I don't so think fouls. I know. So, so I don't think I can take this anymore. No. So literally, when you said Scott Foster, that's when I was like, all right, like this is this was fun. This was a fun experiment, but this isn't the game that I'm going to want to do it with Scott Foster. At the the other refs, too many you, fouls. You have Kogut as the other ref, who's 11 and 20 to the under. And then you got Richardson, who is 4 and 7 to the over. So the other refs are in favor of unders, but Scott Foster is Scott Foster. So I, I don't think I can play this. I think I'm, I think I'm out. You never know a Scott Foster. I, I, I can't. No, he's, I mean, you have Jimmy Butler in a Scott Foster game. Just pencil Jimmy in. Like at first, I was kind of scared of his points prop, but now just pencil him in for twenty-five. He's going to have fourteen trips to the line, probably. All right. Anything else we need to hit here? No, I think we covered everything. If you want to make a case for threes, maybe you can look at some type of prop involving because we know Miami's not good at threes, so maybe you can pivot over to a, Joe Harris's minutes have been a little bit iffy. I'm not sure how many minutes Seth Curry's going to play. Because it's first game off injury, I'm wondering if they're going to limit him, and he's basically a bench player anyway. Uh-huh. Do you want to pivot to like a Dinwiddie three or a Finney Smith three? Finney Smith's yeah. been quiet. Yeah, I know Bridges abandoned you last game, but do you want to make a case for Mikel Bridges or Cam Johnson? Brooklyn Bridges, is, Brooklyn Bridges is back in Brooklyn, so we might be able to, you know, we could talk about that. We, I feel like Cam could. Johnson's probably the look for threes, right? Unless you think his numbers are too inflated. Has Cam Johnson had that game at Brooklyn yet? No, I don't think he's done anything in Brooklyn yet. But Miami has not been good against the three balls, so that's kind wait, of why I'm at. So he had, wait, he hasn't done it. He does if he has it if Cam Johnson hasn't had that game in Brooklyn yet, then I'm taking Cam Johnson tonight. He Cam Johnson is a walk in twenty piece. Uh looking at his games uh recently, he has made less than three three pointers in five of his last six, but he's only he's only been with the Nets for like two games. So, okay, he's so two for six and two for eight. With the Nets. Ah, you're going to. He would be the it, guy you'd take if you're he's the guy. He's the three point defense. He's the guy. He's the guy. He He's due. Cam Johnson's due. He's due. He's what? He's got a 20 piece this month, too. Cam Johnson's yeah. due. He's really good. I really am a fan of Cam Johnson. He's really good. I mean, not just because he's a North Carolina guy, of course, but he's really good. So, all right. I'm going with Cam Johnson tonight. That's just I have no data. I didn't look anything up on that. I literally just going off a gut call and just you're fading Miami's Cam's... three point defense. I mean that's basically the gist of it. Yeah. All right. Next game on the slate, we have 
my New York Knicks going to play the Atlanta Hawks. Atlanta's at home laying three and a half. 233 and a half is the total injury report for these two teams. And we have for the New York Knicks, Mitchell Robinson, IR still. Nothing else to talk about there. Atlanta, you have John Collins questionable and DeAndre Hunter is probable. So, didn't Atlanta win the last one and we picked Atlanta? Well, I think I picked Atlanta. Uh, I, I know Atlanta, Atlanta won, the won the one where Trey got injured. I thought then, actually, yes, Atlanta did win a very yeah. high-scoring matchup the last time they played. 139, 124 in Atlanta. Yeah. It was That line was three and a half, too. This line is three and a half as well. Everybody's, you know, betting the Knicks because the Knicks are dogs, and the Knicks have been good recently. Uh, well, they have been, been good, good mostly at home, but they've been good. Uh, that's what I was saying. Like, that's really the di- night and day difference is that they've been winning a lot of these games at home recently. But I'm going Atlanta. I think this is an Atlanta get right spot, especially really, after losing on the road to Charlotte. I'm really torn because of that, though, because Trey's still battling the shoulder injury. The main reason why I took his assist last game was because I questioned how he would actually look shooting the basketball. Yeah. And I thought he would be more selfless because of the shoulder. And he had 14 assists. He didn't do much because his shoulder's bothering him. Yeah. I think I'm going to lean Knicks. I don't feel great about this at all. I know Trey has owned the Knicks historically, and I get the fact that uh, Capella might have a big game on the glass because the Knicks don't exactly have a real center right now. But the Knicks are good ATS on the road. Which is crazy because they have two seven-footers playing still, and neither one of them just have any interest of actually being dominant down low and getting rebounds. No, Sims tries, but he's either in foul trouble or he's just, he just is a little bit too young. He doesn't oh, exactly he'd know be the right finishing the game with like three, four rebounds. I'm like, what are it's, you it's doing? Bad. It's bad. Hardenstein like, tries, but he's more of a finesse big man. It just, it just, yeah, he's, he's one of the stretch big men. I get that. Like I, I don't really fault Hardenstein too, too much, but oh my gosh, you, man, you just like, don't have a bruiser down there and you kind of, yeah, need but yeah. Okay. I'm going to lean Knicks just because I don't want to lay with Atlanta and defensively, I think that team's horrible. The Knicks can always show something. Having said that, I'm going to call him out, and he needs to be called out for the last couple of weeks. RJ Barrett, you got to do something. No, he I'm doesn't. I was going to say, I've been fading you for a no, while. He doesn't. I don't think you're a good player. <laughs> he doesn't. Do he doesn't have to do anything at all. Like, he really doesn't. RJ, if you're listening to this, don't listen to Scott. Keep doing what you're doing. Fuck Scott. You keep doing what you're doing because you're at one way or another, you're making us money. So don't stop what you're doing. Continue doing what you're doing. I'm saying if I'm picking the Knicks to cover and potentially win this game on the road, they need Bear to go for like 15. No, RJ, you you stay at your zero points. You stay right there. You stay back at your zero points, RJ. Do not listen to Scott. Fuck Scott. Do you think Delonte like is crying when he sees RJ Barrett brick a jump shot or like turn it over? Is he just devastated watching the games on TV? It's bad for RJ Barrett. It's really bad right now. Yeah, I mean like, and it's it's so funny because RJ will come on and he'll like it's really what RJ wants to wake up that day because there's days that RJ Barrett looks like a a 
lottery pick. There are days that he looks like a lottery pick, but there's a lot of days where R.J. Barrett just chooses not to show up at all whatsoever. And that was so. the crazy part about the Knicks and Nets game because I was wrong about the Nets defense because the Knicks scored 120, but I said Barrett would end up in jail, and I think he scored four points. <laughs> I think he did anything in the entire game. He was horrible. No, I th- and I'm pretty sure those four points came in the fourth quarter. Like, I'm that was my point. Positive. He, he, he was in jail. I was right, except the Knicks still scored 120-something points. But It's because Jalen so Brunson. Is Jalen Him Brunson, and that's one person that you should not fade in this game today, which is Jalen Him Brunson, because Jalen Brunson is him. Randall's been good again. Oh yeah, Ra- oh yeah, Randall always yeah. kills them. But I just at this point, I don't think it's enough to go around, and I just think RJ Bear is getting his. You know, like now he's sharing with Josh Hart as well. Like RJ Bear is just slowly, slowly, slowly becoming obsolete for the Knicks, where they're like, all right, we can literally do this with everybody else but you like i think they're going to trade him in the off season but we'll get to that during the off season yeah because he's one of the last year of his deal i don't think he fits with the current team which is funny because zion and one and two both got their extensions rj didn't get his extension i mean you know come on nicks you can argue zion didn't deserve deserve it because he's never healthy but still they, they got paid yeah I was about to say, I was about to, well, I didn't think that was wild, but at least Zion shows up when he's actually on the court. Yeah. Zion, when he's healthy, in my opinion, is like a top 10 guy in the league. But um, I'm looking Either way, all threes. I don't see Josh Hart lines. I would have taken like an all three one potentially, but I don't see it up. Yeah. Here, I'm still, but I'm still on Atlanta here. I think that Atlanta is going to have some really good ball movement in this game. And uh, I think it's a DeJounte Murray type of game where he's able to just really get to the rim and get whatever he wants. And Trey's going to assist with that. And you know how Trey runs the offense. And we'll see if this is Trey just overcoming his shoulder injury for this game right here. Like, I would not be surprised if Trey said, all right, I've been chilling recently, but I'm about to go crazy because the Knicks are in the building, Knicks in town. And, again, this is really a get-back spot because that was a really, really bad loss against uh, Charlotte. Very, very bad loss against Charlotte. And I think Atlanta is the only people outside of Atlanta that thinks they have a chance in this conference. So I'm sure that they're going to get up for this game and try to get a really good bounce back win at home. So all I know is after after Alonzo did whatever the hell he wanted last game, I got to assume Brunson goes for like 30, 35. How the hell is Atlanta supposed to guard anybody? They let Alonzo just run circles around the entire. Sorry, they let LaMelo run circles around the entire team. They let LaMelo run circles around the entire team. It would have been a lot I said worse it twice. Lonzo I said it twice. I was like, Lonzo. Man, so I was like, ooh, that's really impressive. Lonzo went crazy. Yeah. Point like, is, Lomelo had, what, 30 and 15, and now you're facing off against a guy who just had a 40-piece? I think Brunson's going to kill him. He's averaging this. 31 for the month. Five games this month. He's averaging 31 on 58% from the field. Like, if I really told you that Brunson goes for 35 or 40, nobody would be surprised. No. I actually tell, I'm actually telling you to play it. I'm going to check what the ladder is there, but Brunson points might be worth a serious look. I mean, it's just he, he gets there. Like, his points proper, I just feel like you got to bet it. He gets there. No matter how – you don't know how, but he just He's gets at 26 there. and a half. So, Why is this still <laughs> – So 30 plus, be at 20, 30 be plus at is 160. 35 plus is 430. I don't see a 40 piece. Um, I'm going to have to check another book, but you it's can get probably going to be somewhere in the 35. To At this point, like – just continue to ladder Brunson. Like he he does it every to. night. And they don't respect it because it's Jalen Brunson. Like they don't respect it, but he does it a night in, night out, every other night. 
And the total for a Knicks game is 233 and a half. So you're assuming there's going to be a lot of points to be had. Uh, I don't see anything regarding um, 40. But I do see a plus 475 on Brunson 35. I'll play his assist today, too, just because of the fact that um, I think DeJounte Murray is going to uh, – very long – very solid defender. I think he's he will attempt to give him some problems. Brunson's probably gonna still score over him, but I'll take the chance that there's a couple more couple of possessions where Brunson's able to get a good look for somebody else. He was not particularly good against the Hawks this season. In the three meetings, he has had less than twenty one points in each of them. But we know that his his role has drastically increased with this team as the season has gone on. So yeah. I think Brunson's worth a look. You said the assists. He did have nine assists against the Hawks last time out. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's sitting probably at six and a half at plus money, maybe. Uh, probably it's either going to be five and a half or six and a half. But if you want to make a case for double <sighs> double, you can go for a pretty large plus price. Yeah, is that the no. move? Yeah, I think that is the move. I think that is the move. Once you said it, like after you said it, I was like, wow. Yeah, so I see a, a five and a half assist at minus one thirty five. So you know, six and a half is plus money. Some shops double double is sitting there at seven to one. You can get the ten assists at seven to one. It's the same. I'm gonna I'm gonna check another book to see if I can the, find a better line. I think but. that's the move. I think that's the move tonight. There might be a sneaky play there. I'm gonna see if I can find a better price, but he's gonna have the ball in his hands the entire game. And yeah. they did give up fifteen assists to Lamella. And imagine so. but imagine him just getting the ball to Julius Randle the whole game. That's like at least five. Or six even Hart who can hit threes in the corner. Yeah, like Preston assist is the move tonight. I see eight to one on double double. Oh, I found yeah. an eight to one. Yep. All right. That's the play tonight. That's the cool. play tonight. All right. He's on the Knicks. I'm on Atlanta. We are both on the. I think I have to link to the over after what Atlanta just did last game. I like I like Knicks team total over. I don't think Atlanta can guard anybody. Uh, I actually don't know if I'm gonna play this. Um, I, I, I think mean, I'm actually leaning. I think I'm actually leaning under. Okay. I think I think this is one of those like rivalry games that teams both teams just kind of up the defense a little bit. There's no really rhyme or reason for it, but they both just kind of up, especially with the last game going like into the two fifties, two sixties. Like, I think that this is. I think this is under. I'm going under with this one. Okay. I'm, I'm just going to assume Atlanta remains a terrible defensive team and the Knicks actually do pretty well. All right. Next game on the slate, we have the Detroit Pistons going to play the Boston Celtics. Pistons are catching seven and a half on the road to 27 and a half is the total. Let's see here. Jalen Duran is not on the injury report. James Wiseman is available. Nerlens Noel, he's not with the team no more. And you know about those guys. For the Celtics, not really much more, but what I can say is it looks like Tatum is still not going to play. He's not officially ruled out, but I'm assuming it's not, it's not great because it's an illness and you never know how long it's going to take, but whatever. And I do know that there is a potential for Marcus Smart to return. That Marcus Smart is that everywhere it says 
IR still for him. But he's listed from, on Rotowire in the starting lineup with a questionable time. Yeah, yeah, game, I think so. He, so. He's really like more of a day to day. Yeah, and they're just they're just taking him game by game. So you should see Marcus Smart if he doesn't come back this game. It's like in the next two three games or so. You should see Marcus Smart come back to the lineup really really soon. My, my hot take is that I think Boston's better without Marcus Smart, but I don't know if people are ready to have the conversation. No, I'm really just not a Marcus Smart guy. If I'm, you're not. Totally you, you've never been. <laughs> I've always been an anti-Marcus Smart guy. Yeah, you've never been. So that's nothing new for me. Well, I, I'm just saying, I'm just gonna say it. If there was ever a game that everybody thought Boston was gonna win, and they did it, you think it would be this game after a back-to-back with a massive overtime game where you're using like your entire bench squad? You think this would be the game? Ah. <sighs> I feel like a lot of people would consider taking Detroit here because Boston's still shorthanded. Tatum might not play. Yeah. Brown's still out. And they're yeah. on a back-to-back with an overtime game. But you know, how, you know how public betters are. And they see Boston. They're like, oh, Boston almost beat Milwaukee last night. They took them to overtime. Now they're playing the Pistons, who are one of the worst teams in the league. I'm just saying, I, I don't know if this is that home run spot that we're used to seeing for the public. What, how, how did Shannon do it? I, I, I just don't know what to tell you guys. This is like this seems like a home run spot that Detroit is either somehow in this game or this is one of those weird spots where Boston just loses to an inferior team inferior team at home. Like this feels like that spot hundred percent. For me, I'm gonna go with Boston. Uh just looking at the head to head, Boston is really just killed Detroit this season. I, I just think that based on how these teams are constructed, even with Tatum potentially not playing, Boston really is a matchup problem for Detroit because their guards are extremely versatile. They're extremely lengthy. They also are, should be having Horford and Williams back in the lineup. I'm blindly taking Robert Williams' rebounds, by the way. But that's just an autoplay at this point. He's been incredible yep. on the glass. But yes. you're looking at Boston. They've won the three games of the season by 16, by 9, and by 12. <clears throat> I, from what I've seen, I just think Boston is a very bad matchup for Detroit to handle it also doesn't help when Killian Hayes is playing serious minutes and he's one of the worst offensive players in the league. Mm-hmm. I'm going with Boston. I think it's a good spot for the public maybe to have some, some I'd say, dangerous ideas about Detroit because of how Boston's in a bad scheduling spot. I think Detroit, I think Boston's going to be annoyed that they lost the game to Milwaukee that they probably should have won. And I think they're going to be able to come out and really just potentially hammer them. But I'd rather take the player props. Give me Robert Williams' rebounds. He's been so damn good on the glass lately, and I think he's in line for a pretty big workload here. Give me Rob Williams' rebounds. 44% of the bets, 90% of the money on the Pistons tonight. So Sharks came in. Well, no, but it's 44% of the bets. The public is still on Boston. It's just that the the Sharps are putting serious dollars on the Pistons tonight. And I mean, I agree with them. I, I agree with them. I think that this is this is prime letdown spot. So it's just you know, does Boston get guys back? That's the number one thing. That's the only thing that's keeping that kept me from betting this overnight is because I didn't know. Because if Boston just gets a whole bunch of guys back, then it really kind of takes everything out of that. But well, you're assuming Tatum's not going to play anyway, so they're not going to. Yeah, I, I assume Tatum's not going to play. But if you get Horford, like if you get Horford and Smart back, then I'm like, all right, now you're starting to fill out that starting lineup and push some of those guys back to the bench, and that's slightly concerning. There but, are no player props available for Boston right now, which is just extremely because nobody knows. I'm not what surprised, yeah. but I mean, you're looking, yeah. I, I'll mention the rebounding numbers though. I don't know why Williams only played 13 minutes last night. Doesn't make any sense. He had zero fouls, but. 
the last three games before the Milwaukee game, 16 rebounds, 16 rebounds, 15 rebounds. He had 15 against Detroit on February 6th. He had 15 and 15 in 26 minutes. Detroit can't stop him. I think Williams is in line for another 15-15 type game. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm on Detroit plus seven and a half. Sprinkle on money line. And I think I'll, I'm only going to take this with uh, player props. I'll look for Robert Williams, and that's basically it. I'll play it safe. All right. Next game on the slate, we have oh, well, totals sitting at 224 and a half. I, I couldn't tell you what to do without knowing who's playing for Boston. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think I'll lean under, but I have no opinion on this on this total whatsoever. I got nothing. I think that's it's four points. I think that I don't know. I think total's kind of on the money, honestly. I'm worried about the fatigue angle though with Boston to some degree because they are they did just play 53 minutes last night with travel involved. I think I'm going to lean to the under, but I'm not yeah. going to bet it. All right, let's see here. Utah Jazz are on the road to play the. Memphis Grizzlies. Grizzlies are laying eight and a half. 240 is the total injury report for these two teams. And we have for the Grizzlies, Zaire Williams is out. You know, Stephen Adams is still on IR. And for the Utah Jazz, they're healthy with Russell Westbrook still on the report because they don't know what they're doing with them. This is pretty simple, isn't it? I mean, this is just a principal play. I mean, I don't know what would make this, this. There's nothing that would make this any different for me. Now, in the three meetings this season, this is the fourth. Uh, Utah's two and one uh, straight up. The home team has won every game. But Utah won by one. Utah won by 16. And they played in Memphis on January 8th. And Memphis did win, but only by five. So Memphis and has not won a game. They were like a seven point. They were like a seven point favorite in that game, too. Yeah. And they're favored by eight and a half. Utah, we know as an underdog, has been really just. You might have to get another Utah jersey at this point, but I'm just going to look for Utah to cover. I lied. It was it was uh, five and a half. So it was five and a half, and they lost by five. That, wow, that is such a great co- – like, you know what the line is. You know what the line is, and you said, we are going to cover this as a dog. We're going to make sure we do that because you want, you lost by five, and the line was five and a half. Man, I love this team so much. Oh, well, I'm looking at Utah. It's pretty simple. Uh, sorry, breaking news. <sighs> the line has moved up to nine and a half. Okay. I'll I'll take Utah. So easy. I'm not even questioning it. I don't care. You know I like Memphis. I don't care. Utah plus nine and a half. I like Memphis. Break with a lot of Steven Adams. I'm not sure if I like Memphis now. This team has been awful for the last month. Yeah. They Steven have. Adams stock, by the way. All time high right now. It's a lot of size they're missing, man. That's what I'm saying. He was the best rebounder in the league. And then they yeah. completely just fell apart when he got injured. Utah plus nine and a half. Utah sprinkle on the money line. Wow, I have a lot of choices for dog today. Yeah. All right. Uh, player props. I'm still on Sexton. I didn't go back and look at that box score after that last game. I think Sexton had 19, I think. Let me go back. I forgot to look at the box score. Uh, He had – sorry, let me just pull this up. He had 18. He had 18 points against Indiana in 29 minutes. Oh, yeah, six assists, too. That's pretty solid. Um, He's a good player. He's always hurt. Yeah, he is. Let's see here. I see 10 for Utah in another book. I don't see any player props, though. So maybe keep an eye on the injury report just because that might be why it moved. Maybe Markin just decided not to play today. So we'll keep an eye on it. But 
I do think that you're probably going to have to look at Sexton. Maybe you can make a case for Kessler, but Kessler's stats are pretty inconsistent. Are you blindly taking Jaron Jackson blocks because it's a home game? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Forgot about that. 100%. Especially when you think, but when you think about what Utah does, and a lot of those guys like really love to get to the rim. Like Jordan Clarkson likes to try to get to the rim, Colin Sexton likes to get, get to the rim. And uh, I like his chances with Walker Kessler, too, and even getting a, a block or two off of him. So, yeah, Jared Jackson Jr. is still in a good spot. Remember last time I mentioned it, I was on a show with Delonte and Munaf, and I mentioned the blocks are like two and a half. And he had three blocks in the first four minutes of the first quarter. <laughs> I yeah. just remember that happened. But I think if you want to go for a pretty interesting player option that's really flying under the radar, Kelly Olynyk has actually been pretty good lately. This why he rolled out. Why did this just? You're right. This did. Just That's what I'm sense. saying. Somebody had to have gotten moved out. So I'm kind of looking for a next man up approach. But Olenek has had 11 plus points in five straight games. He had a double double against Indiana. You might be able to find a pretty good price there on Olenek to have a pretty solid stat line. I think that's my sleeper player prop of the game. Something involving Kelly Olenek. I don't think I've ever in life given out a Kelly Olenek prop. But you understand what I'm saying, though. Like, there's a no, lot I 100 percent understand what you're saying. I just I don't think I've ever like ever sat here and said, "Wow, you should bet Kenny or Kelly Olynyk." Like, I think I don't that's mind just it. one Memphis player. Rebounding wise, has been I don't mind it at all. No, I think it was a pretty good look. It's just wow. As I think about, it, I'm like, man, I don't think I've ever said, "Yeah, bet Kelly Olynyk today." Olynyk in the last game against Memphis played 29 minutes, had 19 points, eight rebounds, five assists. Whew. So yeah, I like Olynyk today. Yeah, I didn't I think, think I'd solid. say that when we started the podcast, but here we are. It's a lot of it's a lot of ways that we ended up getting here. All right, uh, total two thirty nine. Yeah, I think I'm leaning under now because I'm not sure who that was going to play for Utah. Yeah, I'm leaning under as well. All right, next game on slate, we have the Houston Rockets going to play the Oklahoma City Thunder. Thunder laying ten. Two thirty-four is the total. Drop down from two thirty-five and a half. Injury report, and we have Kevin Porter Jr. still out. Uh, Trey Man, all these players—they really just pushed everybody to the D to the G League. Honestly, I can't even roast them though. They're only they're only two games under five hundred. Yeah, Thunder just really pushed everybody to the G League. Uh, All right, I mean. What was it? What did what did that game end? What they were laying said last time? Uh, well, I know that Houston had a lot of guys. Yeah, it was one fifty. It was one fifty three, one twenty one. I'm still salty because I live bet the Thunder money line the game prior, and they lost to Houston somehow, and they won the next game by like thirty, just to annoy me. So one hundred fifty three points. Yeah, but you know that you don't want to lay. Double digits, especially with OKC. This is probably the only time OKC is, or one of the only times they've laid double digits in the last, I don't even, since KD was there. It's probably been a long yeah. time since they've been lying 10. And the fact is, they got two against this same team. Two 10. Do they cover both? We saw Houston have- get buried by Philly last time out. We were on the wrong side of that. We thought there might be a Super Bowl <sighs> hangover there for Philly. Didn't happen. I think I'm going to lean to the points. I hate it, but 10 is so many points. Sometimes you, when you have a principle, you just got to stick to the principle, no matter how bad it's looked. We just I'm did it with you. I, I got to stick with the principle here. Yeah, you, yeah. I just I told myself I wasn't 
laying points with OKC. I just faded them, and I hit my dog a, a Pelicans money line. So it looks disgusting. Everybody's betting OKC, even the Sharps. Like, the public and the Sharps are aligned. 72% of the money, 81 no, 72% of the bets, 81% of the money. Public and Sharps both betting OKC tonight. I'll go contrarian. Just give me the 10. I'm, by principle, I can't lay 10 with OKC. I can't do it. Yeah. I'm looking at the 10. If Since you have that much money on it, maybe it moves to 10.5 or 11 by game time. I don't think there's an actual rush to bet this. My advice for this game is I'm leaning Houston, but don't try this at home. <laughs> Definitely. Like results may vary, but don't try this at home. What a hundred gambler. Yep. All right. Mm. No, I'm sorry. I was staring at this total because the total's at 234. It opened at 235 and a half. 90% of the bets and 89% of the money is on the over. But OKC okay, so, but okay, so scored 153 points last meeting. Uh, I, think yeah. I'm lean, I think I'm going to lean under, though. First yeah. two meetings were below 229. Uh, the Thunder only scored 100 against the New Orleans' team, who was missing a bunch of guys, but... You're looking at Houston's offense. The last two games scored less than 105. Was against two pretty good defensive teams. But I think I'm going to lean to the under. The fact that money's come in on the under when the last meeting had 274, that over really feels like a trap play. I think I'm going to lean to the under. That's what I'm saying. Pretty much the first line moment in that one for me. Once again, don't try this at home, but I'm going to lean to the under. I'm very good not betting this game. I don't have to at all. No, this is a meeting game. Dallas Mavericks are on the road to go play the Denver Nuggets in what I think is probably the game of the night, honestly. <laughs> uh, Denver is laying five, 233 and a half is the total. The game of the night is not on TV. I know, it's crazy. Yeah, we got we got Lakers on the late night. Fantastic job at ESPN. Great job. We'll talk about that in a second. Awful. Okay. Christian Wood, Tim Hardaway Jr., Reggie Bullock, all are questionable. Uh, Let's see. Justin Holiday. I don't think he's going to be with the team yet. And then Davis Bertans and Max Kleber are still out for extended periods of time. And for the Nuggets, Jamal Murray, Aaron Gordon are both questionable. I think they – no, Jamal Murray sat out the last game. I think Aaron Gordon and they both. Played. I think they both sat out last game. Oh, did they both sit – okay, so it was it was something like that. I think they did. And then uh, Reggie Jackson, I don't think he's with the team yet or he's prepared to play at this point yet, but we'll see if he uh, makes his debut. It might be a Richie Jackson debut today. Yeah, Gordon did not play against Miami. Okay, so yeah, so they missed, so both of them coming off a game, uh, a game off, I think that they, there's a good chance that they play this one. I think Murray's not going to play, because uh, he's missed a couple games at this point. Apparently, Gordon's 50-50, so we'll see. It's not a TV game, so maybe they'll actually play. Because it seems like the official rule of the NBA is if you're on a nationally televised game, bench half your injured players. But I'm leaning Dallas. This team's horrible on the road. I'm not leaning Dallas. I'm taking Dallas. <laughs> Dallas has been good against Denver. Like, it, they, they play Denver really, really. I think they don't they have a win in Denver this season? Uh, they do. They played on national TV and. Dallas won by one last Yeah, time that was that that it was a crazy ending to that game too. But right. Dallas is two and one. The one loss was by one point. I think Dallas was shorthanded in that game too. But Denver, they've been good. They haven't been winning by a bunch of margin, but Dallas has given them problems. And with Kyrie and Luca, I think they can give Denver's backcourt serious problems. So I'm looking at Dallas. 
I just think that you're looking at Michael Porter Jr. this game, and he just looks like a barbecue spare rib. Yeah, <laughs> like he, like I, Luca and Kyrie are looking, and they're like, "Oh, we are going to switch all night on you guys." Like, what did Kyrie have? Twenty six in the fourth quarter last time out. Yes, he did. Luca actually, like, if you look at Luca's face in the fourth quarter, he truly never seen a teammate do that before in yeah. the fourth quarter. Like that is the first time in his life he's ever seen a teammate do that in the fourth quarter. Oh, I'm going I'm, I'm to take Dallas. Here. Uh, Dallas and Sprinkle on the money line. They play Denver so tough, man. Like they, Denver can't get wins against Dallas. The only time they got a win is when they were bitching everybody and uh, Dallas was at home laying like 10 points. Yeah. It, I don't know, man. Dallas just plays really well in Denver. They really do. So I know it, last it was, time they played, I liked Luka triple-double. I don't know how I can take triple doubles now with Kyrie having the ball in his hands a lot. So I might just, I don't really know what to think for Lucas triple doubles moving forward. I'm so what I do, so I like what I do when I don't, I was about to say, so when I don't like Lucas triple double, but I want like a triple double and a win type thing. I just take Luca 12 rebounds and a win because okay. he's the main rebounder on the team. Like yeah. that's, that's been a auto play for me whenever I'm sitting there and I'm like, Ooh, I kind of like his triple double, but I'm kind of concerned. I always take his 12 rebounds. Cause when he gets like, when he gets in that mode of rebounding a ball, he goes to 12, like 12 yeah. is that number he always hits. So I think I'm on uh, the over in this game though. I know people probably like the under cause Dallas plays slow. I'm still experimenting with this Dallas over trend with Ky- with uh, Kyrie and Luca playing together. And so far in the two games they've played together, uh, they've given up north of 123 points. So and, I'm going to keep taking the over. And the fact that since Kyrie's got there, his team is shooting basically 50% from the field. In yeah, the all offense of is games. great, but defensively they're horrible. So I'm yeah, gonna keep going so it just seems like the over, I'm with you, the over is a really good play because they're they're spacing their their side of the court so much that people like Josh Green, uh, your, your uh, Reggie Bullock, Tim Hardaway Jr. Like they're getting such open looks from three with those two spacing the court so much and then and able to the drive and one. penetrate. I think Bullock's the big one because he was garbage for about four months. Yeah, but now everybody knows that he's a he's a sniper. Like everybody knows he's a sniper. No, he's been better he's, lately. So I'm saying that yeah. helps. But yeah, he's he, for months. he's getting open looks. Like he's getting clean open looks. Yeah. All right. That was that was relatively easy. Uh, anything else? Anything on Denver's side of ball that you like? I, th- I think Jokic is Jokic. probably walking into a triple-double, but the point is with those guys being out, I'm assuming we agree Jokic probably pivots to being more of a scorer in this game. I he did against he Miami. To. He had 27 he points. Oh, wow, 27. I know. I'm <laughs> then you're looking at his numbers, though. Recently, 27, 30, 29, he has been more of a shooter or score with Jamal and with Gordon being out. And it's not like Dallas His had prop is normally at like 24 and a half. That's what I'm saying. I think I have to let Jokic pull. I think he's good for 25 points today. Like, I think he's yeah. good for 25. All right. Let's see here. Next last game on the slate. We have the New Orleans Pelicans traveling to go play the Los Angeles Lakers. Lakers are laying four and a half. A two thirty four and a half is the total. They actually opened up at minus two and a half for the Lakers and opened up at two thirty three and a half on the total. So you're getting movement towards the under, movement towards the Lakers. Looks like CJ McCollum's questionable. You know Dyson Daniels and Zion are not playing, and then it looks like LeBron is gonna play tonight. I'll believe it when I see it, but that seems to be the case. 
And Anthony Davis is probable as well. So potential uh, full assortment of staff for the Lakers. I mean, did this line just shoot up because people because people think LeBron's going to play tonight? I guess yeah. that's why the line shot up. I'm I'm still taking New Orleans. Like, there's no way in hell I'm taking the Lakers laying points based on how they've played lately. That I can't do. I can't I can't do that. If the Lakers win, they win by three. This game, if they win, they win by three. One possession. Like, I, the Lakers are a team that I don't want to exactly lay points with all season long, but especially with LeBron probably going to play, but you don't know for certain if he's going to play. New Orleans just beat them about two weeks ago, and New Orleans was playing horrible basketball, but they have won four or five. They've been better lately. I feel like if you've been laying points with the Lakers at home, you probably need a new place to live because you had to sell your house in order to pay for the losses. I can't. The Lakers are just horrible. I, I can't lay points with the Lakers. Uh, it's Pelicans or pass for me. Five and seven at, as home favorites this season. Bad. I mean, the Pelicans just beat beat up on the Lakers like they do. They, that's just one team. That the Lakers have like one game, one win in the last five, six, seven meetings. Mm-hmm. Like. I'm never, I'm never taking the, the Lakers over the Pelicans. That's just the team that they that gives them trouble, especially not laying four and a half. I'll actually take this closing line value of four and a half because I think if the Lakers win, they probably win like a buzzer beater type of win. And I think that's really only it. It's either like a buzzer beater type of win for the Lakers or the Pelicans steamrolled them by 20. This is one of those games that you can get in live on both sides. You might be able to get like plus seven on both sides and you'll end up seeing a one possession game in the final minute. I think you could really find a pretty good live spot. If a line goes past like seven and a half live, just take it. This yeah. game's going to be a coin flip down the stretch. I'm with you. All right. Props. I mean, it's so simple. I'm on burning. I'm burning. Ingram destroys this yeah. team. Well, Ingram, I gave out the ladder last episode. He was one point short of the 35, but at least he got to the 30. So that worked mm-hmm. out well. Uh, Valanchunas, I think he should be used a decent amount in this game because somebody's going to have to guard Anthony Davis or somebody's going to have to try to, and I think Nance is a little bit too small to actually guard him, but Davis has been horrible the last couple of games. I think I'm blindly Uh taking Davis rebounds, though. His rebounds have been good. That's probably how I'm looking at it. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I mean, that last game where uh, in Portland, yeah. yeah. Did he he didn't get the 20? I thought he got the 20. He didn't get 20. No, he had 17 and 19. Oh, okay. He had more rebounds than points. That kind of sums up how AD's been playing lately. But he had 19 rebounds. This really should be the wake-up game for it. And LeBron's back. Okay, so maybe that's it. Because the last game was the wake-up game. It was supposed to be. It was supposed to, It was really supposed to be. But now it's this game. I'm he saying killed him a week or two ago. Yeah. What did he have in that game? Like 30, what do you have, like 35 and 12 or something? I got to look up his numbers. But I know he killed New Orleans in that game. Yeah, I hit a, a, a same-game parlay in that one. I had, like, him, Brandon He had 34 Ingram, and 14. CJ assist. Yeah. Uh, he so. had 34 and 14 in that game. Yeah. If I'm taking AD on anything, it's rebounds. I've, I've had enough. Yeah, I think rebounds. I think rebounds is a must-play, but he, he could have another 30. I think the Lakers are looking at this game like we have to win this game, which is why, which makes me kind of concerned for game. Por- Yeah, no, but, like, this one right here, like, with LeBron coming back and – being on that terrible losing streak since he's gotten over the uh, the 
scoring record. I think they're looking and the fact that they just lost to the team recently. Like, yeah, like, I mean, they just, they just lost to that team, but they're gonna, they're re- this argument. is really going to be a buzzer beater. Can we bet for there to be a buzzer beater at the end of the game? That's got to no, be like, can, you can bet on overtime. No, I think because I think they're going to be, I think they're going to win by like one, two. Just saying, overtime maybe. But and it's going to be like AD. It's going to be like some crazy AD buzzer beater. No, LeBron's going to brick a three pointer on the wing for no reason and go to overtime. Isn't that the official LeBron like late? Well, if they go to overtime, Russell Westbrook's not on the team anymore, so they have a good chance to win. Uh, yeah, good chance. Maybe for the Lakers standards. I don't know. I mean, I mean, Russell Westbrook this season, probably the one of the worst overtime players I've ever seen in my life. Probably. Like every right. single, every, I distinctly remember every single overtime I've watched, I've seen him play horrible. That's fair. I, uh, I remember the game against Philly. He went like, oh, for, there was a lot of bad overtime games. The Philly one was the worst one because they were literally in the they game. Had the 15 and he goes, point comeback and in the final minute and two a half. Shots. And yeah. He bricks two shots and the game is out of reach at that point. Yeah, uh, definitely should be competitive as a game, though. But I'll lean to New Orleans and sprinkle on the money one. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely on New Orleans plus four and a half. I, I truly don't think that there's a there's a path that the Lakers win by five. All right. That's it. That's it for the slate. That's it for everything we have. It's time for lock and dog. All right. Let me see. For my lock, I like a lot of dogs on the slate. But for my lock, I'm going to... Let's go with the under in the Philly and Cleveland Cavaliers game. Two sixteen and a half is what it's at now. We're experimenting. So, this is the referee report lock. Yeah, so we're going with that under and for my dog. Ring around the rosy pocket full of was it Posey? Yeah. Yeah. What is a Posey? Nobody knows. Uh, James Posey, former NBA player. Oh, pocket full of James Posey. Roger. Yeah. All right. Yes. Uh, yes. Utah was the play. Utah plus the points. I Come on. It's guys. a principal play. I mean, I, come on, guys. Did you really have that? I, I get that you asked because you wanted to make sure. And maybe you just wanted to hear me say it. Yes. Utah is still the play. 100%. We're not mad you asked, but we're a little bit disappointed. But you know, Slightly disappointed. Slightly, you know. Okay. Utah. Detroit or Dallas or New Orleans. If you want okay, to make a case for throw, New Orleans, we can't throw New Orleans in that conversation. There is like, there's a really. <sighs> I'm going Dallas, man. Dallas is look. Dallas has looked better offensively, and if we're just, if we're gonna go for a shootout, I like my chances with Dallas, especially how they're they're shooting like fifty percent since Kai got there. Like they're shooting like fifty percent from the field, and I keep waiting for them to fall off, and they don't they don't do it. So. All right, I'm taking Dallas, plus 160. All right, uh, so for me, my lock is going to be on the, you know, I'm going to stick with what's worked so far. Give me the Pacers minus two and a half against Chicago. Chicago's just been horrible. I'm not going to really overthink this. Indiana at home has been pretty good. I know they've not been playing well lately, but neither is Chicago. I think two and a half is too low, especially with DeRozan being out. Levine could give you a 40-piece, and maybe Chicago wins. But if you need 35 or 40 to win a game, it means I'm probably <laughs> picking the other team. Give me Indiana. Uh, Chicago's just been horrible lately. And Fun Indiana's fact. given Chicago problems in the past. 
fun fact, in, during the time of this show, this line has went from two and a half to three. Okay. Well, either way, we locked it in basically earlier in the show at two and a half, but I'll take it at three anyway. Give me the Pacers minus three as my lock. And for my dog, I am going to go to an alt line. I'm going to take Lamelo 12 plus assists, not Lonzo, Lamelo at plus 200 uh, for the assists there. Totals 244. You sure you if, know what, Lonzo? I can give you a really good price on Lonzo assist tonight. Like, I can does give it get you a voided really, if he really doesn't play? Price. No. Then I'm going to pass. Okay. But I'll, I'll go with But it'd be like a great price. Play. Like, it's going to be like the value is going to be insane, but I will not void it if he doesn't play. Okay. If you're not going to void it, then, you know, I'd rather take my free bets elsewhere. But okay. I'll Roger, go with uh, Lamelo 12 plus. Hey, assist. I was trying to give you a deal. I know you were. You're also trying to scam me, but it depends how you look at it. But yeah, <laughs> yeah no. So don't don't even worry about that second part. Just focus on the deal part. <laughs> yeah, uh, just sign on the dotted line. You know, it's free to sign on the dotted line. But anyway, Lamelo twelve plus assists is plus two twenty. I'm going to take that. Uh, once again, I think Charlotte's probably going to score one twenty five or more in this game. But Charlotte has fully embraced the super fun up tempo. We're going to try to outscore opponents type of offense. Played 41 minutes against Atlanta last time out, had 15 assists. But look at the last couple of games. He had 15 against Atlanta, 12 against Denver, had 10 against Boston, which doesn't sound like much, but Boston's actually, I believe, like bottom three in assists allowed per game. So Boston doesn't give up many assists, and Ball still had a pretty good game there. I think 12 and a half, I think 12 plus assists at plus 220 is a very good deal. Give me that as my dog. All right. That's it for the show, everyone. Well, that's not it. Because Jake says that Google says posies were carried to help combat the ever-present smell of sickness. Man, I need a pocket full of posies. I need two pocket full of posies. I'm about to go get some pocket full of posies. Scott, anything else for people before we get up out of here? Uh, nothing really else to add. Ashes, ashes, they all fall down. You can find me on Twitter at Rachel Radio. Ashes is what the Bulls look like right now. That's what what Ashes look like. This is they need to blow that team up and just send it all to Ashes like Pompeii. Yeah. Well, either way, they need a volcano for that. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Rice Show Radio. Uh, besides, is the that, front office not the volcano? Because they're doing terrible. <laughs> I can't call them a volcano because they refuse to blow it up. See what I did there? Pun intended. Ooh, hey, Bars. Going crazy. Bars. Right. I'm going crazy. That was a heat check. But anyway, yeah. Uh, NFL Gambling Podcast. I don't know when we're doing that, but you can find us on the NBA show. I'm still doing tennis a couple times a week. And find me on Twitter at Rice Show Radio. That's basically all I got. All right. You know where to find me at? Really well underscore underscore. If you have not already, make sure you like the video before you get up out of here. I see all 61 of you hop in, like the video before you get up out of here. Appreciate you all for rocking with us. And I really don't have anything else to say, nothing else to do. Make sure you leave a review if you haven't already. Make sure you leave a review. I don't think we got a new one, so I can't read nothing out. I mean, we were going to read new reviews, but we haven't got any new ones, so I can't read them out. Or if we have gotten new ones, they haven't populated the system yet. I forgot to say, if you watch the show and you don't leave a review, you're a coward. Yes, that is 100%. And we have a review that says you're a coward, so that means you're actually a coward. All right, other than that, nothing else to say, nothing else to do. No, no, No other way of really ending the podcast. But I'll end it like this. We are out of here. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm going.